Hello everyone, I want to start off very easy, that's going to get difficult. Um, so the five myths and facts about pansexuality is from Sydney Gay Counseling. The idea of pansexuality is never that is the idea of pansexuality is newer than some other sexual orientation terms, but it is a necessary label for a unique and important experience that has been a part of human existence since the beginning. What is pansexuality? Pansexuality. This is how I'm going to define it, based on the Greek pre based on the Greek prefix pan, meaning all, is my sexual, my intellectual, my physical, my emotional, my psychological, and my romantic attractions to people regardless of their gender identities, sexual orientations, and sex characteristics. In other words, pansexuals like me don't find the gender or gender expression of others to be important with regards to our attractions. Some people use the word gender blind to describe themselves and their sexual tastes. For me, I notice it, but it's not a big deal to me. That's how I would describe it when it comes to myself and my sexual tastes. Um, this may also be mistaken for bisexuality, but they are not the same. Pansexuality has a distinctive philosophy. Let's explore some facts and myths about pansexuality. Number one, pansexuality isn't real. Pansexuality, just like bisexuality, often gets cr criticized as being less of a quote-unquote real orientation in heterosexuality or homosexuality, but is often even less accepted than bisexuality is. Many people think that bisexuals and pansexuals need to quote-unquote pick a side or that they or that they are being indecisive when that is almost always not the case. I would say for me it's never the case. While some bisexuals and pansexuals might find that they later identify as hetero or homosexual, most continue to identify as bi or pan throughout their entire lives. I identify as pan throughout my entire life. So my pansexuality is real. Fact. Pansexuals like me, we find our unique sexual orientation to be an important part of our identities. Pansexual people like me often say that our sexual orientation represents a way of thinking about sexuality that is disconnected from traditional ideas and therefore we often get brushed to the side and minimized. Pansexuality, which I have, is becoming a widely accepted orientation experience. There are even some notable celebrities who publicly identify as pansexual, including singers Miley Cyrus, Chanel Monet, Brendan Urie, and Angel Hayes, and Texas legislator Mary Gonzalez, and podcaster slash author Antonio Myers, me. Myth number two, pansexuality and bisexuality are the same. A bisexual, as we will define more specifically in the next section, is someone whose attractions are not limited to one gender. However, they generally do not describe being gender blind like pansexuals do. Fact, there are many reasons why someone like me might choose to identify as pansexual over bisexual. Bisexuals and pansexuals have the ability to be attracted to the same people. That's true for me. But we represent unique experiences of sexuality. To put it simply, the gender of another individual factors into the bisexual experience of sexuality, whereas for pansexuals like me, it doesn't. 
Myth number three, pansexuals are the only people who are attracted to non-binary individuals. This is actually a hotly debated issue amongst people in the LGBTQI plus community. For those who might not be up to date on LGBTQI plus terminology, non-binary individuals are people identified outside the two traditional choices of male or female. Let me say this clearly. I am a non-binary individual because I do choose to identify outside the two traditional choices of male or female because... Being non-binary is natural, normal, healthy, and harmless for me and others. I do, they might experience themselves as to all genders. That's me. No gender, third gender, any of, or any of a myriad of other choices. Not all transgender people are non-binary. Many trans people find that a designation of man or woman works just fine for them. Fact, bisexuals and pansexuals can be both attracted to people of any gender. While some have, yes, I am attracted to people of any gender because again, I'm pansexual. While some have criticized bisexuality for not being inclusive of non-binary people, bisexuals have come forward saying that bi in this case means both same and different and therefore their orientation includes attraction to non-binary people, including mine, attraction non-binary people too. Uh, their orientation was named in a time period when pe- when people were less knowledgeable and accepting of transgender experiences might reflect outdated ideas about gender, but that doesn't mean that their personal beliefs and attraction patterns haven't changed based on the times. Around 25% of transgender people, including non-binary people, identify as bisexual, and therefore we can see that much of the trans community agrees that bisexuality is inclusive. I would say that pansexuality is inclusive too. Pansexuality, bisexuality, and non-binary and transgenderism, they all belong or just included. Myth number four, pansexual people can't be happy in a monogamous relationship. This is another myth that pansexuality shares with bisexuality. Many believe that bisexuals and pansexuals can't be happy in a monogamous relationship because they need sexual experiences with people of a variety of genders. I must admit, I do need and want sexual experiences with people of all gender identities, all sexual orientations, and all sex characteristics. However, I am ambiamorous. So that means that I am capable of being happy and joyful, fulfilled and satisfied and content and thankful and humble in a monogamous relationship. However, I am better off in non-monogamous relationships. Okay, fact. Pansexual people can be monogamous or polyamorous. I am polyamorous. I am solo polyamorous. I'm solo poly. And then it says, in regards to the myth number four, when it says pansexual people can't be happy in a monogamous relationship. This is not the case. Some bisexual and pansexual people choose to be polyamorous, but many are perfectly satisfied with their monogamous relationships. I do choose to be polyamorous, but because I'm ambiamorous, I could also do well in a monogamous relationship. No cheating and just no bullshit in general. While bisexual and pansexual people have the ability to be attracted to a variety of people, which I have that ability, it doesn't mean that they need to be engaged in sexual activity with all of them at all times. Now, that is true for me. I like my variety, but I also have a busy schedule like the majority of people in the world. 
This myth is as ridiculous as saying a straight woman can't be happy with monogamy because she needs sexual experiences with all the different men she might experience attraction to. Don't worry, if your monogamous partner is pansexual, they have no li higher likelihood of cheating. Thank you. Myth number five. Pansexual people are promiscuous and don't have standards. While the prefix pick... While the prefix pan means all, it's a common myth that pansexual people are promiscuous and will have sex with anyone they meet. Okay, you know what? Here's my response to this myth. I am ethically promiscuous and I will not have sex with everyone that comes across my path because I have preferences and more importantly, I have standards. Quality and standards go hand in hand for me. Think about it, motherfuckers. Okay, fact. Pansexual people find that someone's gender identity is not important in their attraction lack thereof. That is true for me. As we've defined above, pansexual people, like me, describe our sexual orientation as, ex as an experience that doesn't take someone's gender into account. That's all. It doesn't mean that pansexual people, such as I, are attracted to everyone and anyone. And no, we're not attracted to everything and anything, too. People with this sexual orientation, like myself, have types and tendencies to our attractions, just like everyone else. How do I know, how do I know if I'm pansexual? In the end, only you can decide your sexual orientation. While it's always okay to hear about the experiences of others and talk about your own before you make any kind of decision, you are the only person who can come to a conclusion about your orientation. You're also free to never come to any conclusion at all. That said, many people identify as pansexual like myself start out identifying as bisexual instead. That's true for me because I did because I find I find my I find myself attracted to men, women, trans people, non-binary, the entire LGBTQ plus community that I'm a part of. All genders, all sexual orientation, all gender, and on all gender identities, and other genders too. And bisexuality is a more commonly used term. In fact, I'm all around attracted to men, to women, to trans people, to the entire LGBTQI plus community. To all sexual orientations, all gender identities, all sex characteristics, and other genders too. And bisexuality is a more commonly used term. However, they find that gender doesn't play an important. However, I find that gender doesn't play an important part in how attracted I am to someone, and therefore I started identifying more closely with pansexuality, and I recognize that pansexuality is a part of who I am. Remember that it's always okay to change how you identify, regardless of where you are in your life or who you, or who you have come out to. If you think you may be pansexual or another type of LGBTQI+, it could be very beneficial to make an appointment with a therapist today to help sort out your feelings and decide if pansexuality is what you can identify with. Yes. I've, I, I have done that, and I'm thankful that therapy played a major role helping me understand my innate sexual orientation, my innate sexuality. I'm attract I'm all around attracted to people of all sexualities and all genders. And therapy helped me to appreciate that. So yes, 
I am naturally, harmlessly, healthily, and normally pansexual, omnisexual, demisexual, sapiosexual, allosexual, all the other types of gender identities and sexual orientations and sexualities and all the sexualities and all the um, sex characteristics I say I had in previous episodes and single by choice forever my choice child free by choice forever my choice living alone totally by my by my choice forever pet free by my choice forever ethically promiscuous by my choice forever ethically casually dating casual sexing and casual relationshiping by my choice forever ethically sex industry working slash pornographic film acting by my choices forever and all the other sex work that i said i will do in previous episodes by my choice forever i am ambiverted forever I am sapiosexual slash sapiophile forever. I am queer forever. I am pangender forever. I am LGBTQI plus forever. I'm exhibitionist, a voyeurist, and ethically non-monogamous and solo poly by my choice forever i am rainbow by my choice forever when i say my choice it's how i came into the world i just choose to continue to identify with my nature and all the other things i said about the previous episodes they're all naturally uh harmlessly healthily (laughs) and normally who I am forever. And I am a healthy hypersexual and a healthy nymphomaniac by my choice forever. It's all a part of who I am innately. No harm, no foul. That's what I say about all things to me. Now, let us keep going. Absolutely, we will. So here are more inaccuracies I found in the Bible. So, it says, Acts chapter 20 verse 35 quotes Jesus having said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. No such statement of Jesus is found elsewhere in the Bible. God has mercy on and hardens the hearts of whom he pleases. God deceives the wicked so as to be able to condemn them. Yet God wants all to be saved. Revelation chapter 10 verse 11. Alleged Old Testament quote, no such statement in the Old Testament. Uh, It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything that might cause your brother to stumble or be offended. Let no one pass judgment on you to matters of food and drink. 
Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 5 quotes an alleged Old Testament scripture verse not found in the Old Testament. Revelation chapter 8, verse 7, all the grass on earth is burnt up and then, Revelation chapter 9, verse 5, an army of locusts which is about to be turned loose on the earth is instructed not to harm the grass. Then it says, those present at Paul's conversion heard the voice but saw no one. They saw a light but did not hear a voice. Those present at Paul's conversion stood. They fell to the ground. Shortly after his conversion, Paul went to Damascus in Jerusalem where he was introduced to the apostles by Barnabas and there spent some time with them going in and out among them. He made the trip three years later. They saw only Peter and James. Jesus quotes a statement that he says appears in scripture, meaning the Old Testament. No such statement is found in the Old Testament. Uh, Jesus quotes a statement that he says appears in scripture, example, the Old Testament. No such statement is found in the Old Testament. This is when it comes to the book of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 38. Then the other one is Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. Peter asks Jesus where he's going. Thomas does the same. No, this is the book of John. Okay, I'm sorry. That's the book of John. Peter at John chapter 7, verse 38. Jesus quotes a statement that he says appears in Scripture. Example, the Old Testament. No such statement is found in the Old Testament. And then it says in John chapter 20, verse 9. Jesus quotes a statement that he says appears in Scripture in the Old Testament. No such statement is found in the Old Testament. In the book of John, Peter asks Jesus where Peter asks, asks Jesus where he is going. Thomas does the same. Jesus says that none of them have asked him where he is going. Okay, in the book of John, Jesus does not judge. Also in the book of John, Jesus does judge. In the book of John, God does not judge. In the book of Revelation, God does judge. In the book of John, Jesus says that if he bears witness to himself, his testimony is not true. In John chapter 8, verse 14, Jesus says that even if he bears witness to himself, his testimony is true. In the book of John, Water is turned into wine and called the first sign. The book of John tells us that many more signs followed this first sign. The book of John tells us that he later heals a centurion's son and that this is the second sign. In the book of Luke, Satan entered Jesus before the supper. In the book of John, it was during the supper. In the book of Luke, the women followed Jesus to the tomb, saw how the body had been laid, then went to prepare spices with which to anoint the body. In the book of John, Joseph brought spices with him, 75 or 100 pounds, and anointed the body as the women should have noticed. And then it says in the book of Mark, the ascension took place presumably from a room while the disciples were together seated at a table, probably in or near Jerusalem. In the book of Luke, it took place outdoors after supper at Bethany near Jerusalem. In the book of Acts, it took place outdoors after 40 plus days at Mount Olivet. In the book of Matthew, chapter 20, verse 16 through 20, no mention is made of an ascension, but if it took place at all, it must have been from a mountain in Galilee since Matthew ends there. Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 2. The women, the women came to the tomb to anoint the body. In the book of John, the body had already been anointed and wrapped in linen cloth. In the book of Mark, the women actually entered the tomb. In the book of John, they did not. In the book of Mark, it was the third hour when Jesus was crucified. In the book of John, it was after the sixth hour since Jesus was still before Pilate and had not yet been sentenced at that time. Mark, Herod was the source of the belief that John had been raised from the dead. In Luke, Others were the source. Herod was perplexed by the belief. In Mark, 
Jesus says that he uses parables so that the meaning of some of his parables will remain secret to at least some persons. He explains the meanings of the parables only to his disciples. He thanks God for hiding some things from the wise while revealing them to babes, uh, in quotations. In John, Jesus says that he always taught openly, never secretly. In Mark, a demon cries out that Jesus is the Holy One of God. In 1 John, everyone who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Note, this would mean that the demon is of God. In the book of Mark, Jesus quotes a statement that allegedly appears in Isaiah. No such statement appears in Isaiah. Mark chapter 1 verse 14, Jesus began his ministry after the arrest of John the Baptist. John chapter 3 verse 22 through 24 says, Before the arrest of John the Baptist. In the book of Matthew. It says, The order of resurrection appearances was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, then the eleven. In Mark, it was Mary Magdalene, then two others, then the eleven. Luke, it was two, then Simon Peter, then the eleven. And John, it was Mary Magdalene, then the disciples without Thomas, then the disciples with Thomas, then the eleven disciples again. In First Corinthians, it was Cephas, Peter, then the twelve, which twelve. Judas was dead, then five hundred plus brethren, although Acts says that there were only about 120, then James, then all the apostles, then the apostle Paul. Again, Luke says it was two, then Simon Peter, in question mark, then the 11. And then Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 through 18, the order of res... Okay, I already read that one. In Mark 16, 11, Luke 24, 11, the initial reaction was of... was one of disbelief, all doubted. In Matthew, it says, although some doubt it, the initial reaction of those that heard the story was one of belief since they followed their revealed instructions. Matthew, on his first appearance to them, Jesus lets Mary Magdalene and the other Mary hold him by his feet. And John, on his first appearance to Mary, Jesus forbids her to touch him since he has not yet ascended to the Father. And John, a week later, although he has not yet ascended to the Father, Jesus tells Thomas to touch him. Real quick, before I go any further, I am genderqueer, naturally, harmlessly, normally, and healthily. Let me keep going. <laughs> On It says, Matthew chapter 28, verse 8 through 9, Jesus' first resurrection appearance was fairly near the tomb. Luke chapter 24, verse 13 through 15, was in the vicinity of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. And John was right at the tomb. Matthew, the visitors ran to tell the disciples. Mark, they said nothing to anyone. Luke, they told the eleven and all the rest. John chapter 20, verses 10 through 11. The disciples returned home. Mary remained outside weeping. Matthew, an angel arrived during an earthquake, rolled back the stone, and sat on it outside the tomb. Mark, no earthquake, only one young man sitting inside the tomb. Luke, no earthquake, two men suddenly appeared standing inside the tomb. John, no earthquake, two angels are sitting inside the tomb. And Matthew, the stone was still in place when they arrived. It was rolled away later. Mark, Luke, and John, the stone had already been rolled or taken away. Matthew, it was toward dawn when they arrived. Mark, it was after sunrise. Luke, it was at early dawn. John, it was still dark. 
Matthew, the first visitors to the tomb were Mary Magdalene and the other Mary too. Mark, both of the above plus Salom. Three, Luke, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and other women. At least five. John, Mary Magdalene, only one. Matthew, a guard was placed at the tomb the day following the burial. Mark, Luke, and John. No guard is mentioned. This is important since rumor had it that Jesus' body was stolen and the resurrection feigned. Mark and Luke, there could not have been a guard as far as the women were concerned since they were planning to enter the tomb with spices. Though the women were aware of the stone, they were obviously unaware of a guard. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the women looked on from afar. They were near enough that Jesus could speak to his mother. Matthew, the centurion, says, truly this was the son of God. Luke, he says, truly this man was innocent or righteous. Matthew, Jesus was offered vinegar to drink. Mark, it was wine and myrrh and he did not drink it. John, whatever it was, he did drink it. Matthew and Mark, Jesus' last recorded words are, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Luke, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. John, it is finished. Matthew, Jesus is given a scarlet robe, a sign of infamy. Mark and John, a purple robe, a sign of royalty. I don't know why all the four gospels about Jesus don't all say the same things. To me, that is a tragedy. Matthew, Jesus answers not a single charge at his hearing before Pilate. And John, Jesus answers all charges at his hearing before Pilate. Matthew, Judas hanged himself. In the book of Acts, he fell headlong, burst open, and his bowels gushed out. Matthew, Judas threw down the pieces of silver, then departed. Acts, he used the coins to buy the field. Matthew, the chief priests bought the field. Acts, Judas bought the field. Matthew, Peter's second denial is to still another maid. Mark, apparently to the same maid. Luke, to a man, not a maid. John, to more than one, they. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, after his arrest, Jesus is first taken to Caiaphas, the high priest, and John first to Annas, the the son-in-law of Caiaphas, then then to Caiaphas. In Matthew, in Matthew and Mark, Jesus is portrayed by Judas with a kiss and sees. In Luke, Jesus anticipates Jesus' kiss. No actual kiss is mentioned. John, Jesus voluntarily steps forward to identify himself, making it completely unnecessary for Judas to point him out. No kiss is mentioned. In Matthew and Mark, the order of the communion was bread and wine. In Luke, it was wine, then bread. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Judas made his bargain with the chief priests before the meal, and John after the meal. Matthew, the disciples reproach her. Mark, some reproached her. John, Judas Iscariot reproaches her. Matthew, the women ran from the tomb with great joy. John, Mary told Peter and the other disciples that the body had been stolen. Would she feel great joy if she thought the body had been stolen? Matthew and Mark, the anointing of Jesus takes place in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. In Luke, it takes place at the house of a Pharisee in Galilee. Matthew, Jesus says that Zacharias, 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 Zacharias was the son of Barachias, Barachiah, 
In 2 Corinthians, it says Zacharias is actually the son of Jehoiada, the priest. Note, the name Barakiah, so Barakiah does not appear in the Old Testament. Matthew. The fig tree's withers immediately after being cursed by Jesus. The disciples notice and are amazed. In Mark, the disciples first noticed that the tree had withered the day following. Matthew, Jesus rides two animals during his triumphal entry. Mark, Luke, and John, only one animal is involved. Mar Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the disciples follow Jesus' instructions and bring him the animal or animals in the case of MT. And John, Jesus finds the animal himself. Matthew, the, the sequence was triumphal entry, cleansing of the temple, Bethany. And Mark, triumphal entry, cleansing of the temple. Luke, triumphal entry, cleansing of the temple, daily teaching in the temple. And John, cleansing of the temple early in his career. Supper with Lazarus, triumphal entry, no cleansing of the temple following the triumphal entry. In Matthew, Jesus heals two blind men on the way to Jericho. In Mark, he heals one blind man. In Matthew, the mother of James and John asks Jesus a favor for her sons. In Mark, they ask for themselves. In Matthew, the transfiguration occurs six days after Jesus foretells his suffering. In Luke, it takes place about eight days afterwards. Matthew, beware of the leaven, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And Mark, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod. Matthew, Mark, and John, Jesus answers that you should answer a plain yes or no, that his purpose is to bear witness to the truth and that his testimony is true. He equates lying with evil. And John, Jesus tells his brothers that he is not going to Jerusalem for the feast of the tabernacles, then later goes secretly by himself. In Matthew, Jesus says that those who are not with him are against him. In Mark, Jesus says that those who are not against him are for him. Matthew, Jesus says that the law of Old Testament states that the priests profane the Sabbath but are blameless. No such statement is found in the Old Testament. And then it says... I'll put the rest of the link out because it is extremely long. That way you can all see them for yourselves. So I'll make sure the link is available so you can all check it out for yourselves. And I read all of this. It's... It's just, for me, um, these are more reasons why I am a member of the Black Atheist Club on Clubhouse app. I refuse to practice a religion ever again. And... Here are some things I want to say about my life with crime. Some of the criminals 
majority of them pretended to be father figures and mother figures to me. And they were shitty and fucked up and asshole-ish and ass-wiping and ass-cracking and shit-showing when it came to there being mother figures and father figures to me. I was an associate of the mob against my will, and the mob made it that way, the mob meaning the Italian mafia. So I was drug dealing and numbers running for the mob as an associate of the mob, and then they said once I joined that I would have to start committing violent crimes and fatal murderous crimes. That was during my two-month time with the Mafia. In two months, I saw every kind of com- crime that one could commit by them. And when it came to the Mexican drug cartels, I was forced to be a drug dealer and a numbers runner for them, the Mexican drug cartels. Um, when it came to all the street crews in D.C., I was forced to be a drug dealer numbers runner for them so my quote-unquote income resulted in drug dealing and quote-unquote numbers running when it came to Italian mafia the um the drug crews also known as the street crews and the mexican drug cartels and i said italian mafia first They were, and all the criminals pretended to be family members to me. In terms of the ones that were cool with me, like, cool with me in quotation, that means sympathizers. When I say criminals and families, were ones that were sympathizers. And um, they were um, just too fucked up to be my family. Obviously, and so I want to uh, make that clear. And so I think I um, put the rest because I read this all. But if you get to see it for yourself, then that will be just fine. And so, um. I really, really want to thank you all for hearing what I have to say. And um, it's hard for me to say anymore because of what I had to admit to you all just now. And so um, I am a practitioner of secular sexuality and secular sex. And 
I am a secular, non-religious, no-religion, irreligious person. As a member of the Black Atheist Club on Clubhouse. And all things me are natural, normal, healthy, and harmless. And all things not of my character, such as the crime world, are unnatural, abnormal, harmful, and health hazards. And I choose good hearts over obsessing over human parts. Yes, I like curvaceous women. Yes, I like built, beefy men. And yes, I like a mixture of beefiness and voluptuousness when it comes to non-binary, transgender, queer, and other types of adult human beings and as long as there's no genital mutilation of any kind as long as there's no one being burnt up and no human waste being utilized I am down for it everything and anything sexually and as for people's life partners and spouses or the people in my lives that are associated with people like my friends um, if I get permission from them to sleep with their life partner spouses and the, uh, the people in their lives it could be like co-workers it could be their set of friends it could be their parents, it could be their family members, then I will. And so, in closing, I like MILFs, JILFs, PYTs, sugar parents. As a sugar baby that I'll be. Dilfs. G-Dilfs. You know, an attractive young man. So when I say PYT and um, young men, you know, 21 over, you know, adults. Keep it, you know... Legal, absolutely. So that being said, I am. I just want to say that I look forward to being a pornographic film actor and just sex worker in general, an exhibitionist and voyeurist, and swinger, and open relationships. That I partake in that is holistic, wholesome, healthful, 
and of wholeness. The kingpins were Latino men and black indigenous men of color. And I also want to say, and this is very important, that there were men crime bosses in the mafia, but there are more women crime bosses in the mafia. So they would be called um, queen pins and godmothers in the world of the Italian mafia. So I was technically working for the women crime bosses more than the men. So there were more women leaders than men leaders in the world of the mafia crime world. And as for like the um, crime family there were women in charge more than the men when it came to the crime families basically a crime family is a unit of an organized crime syndicate particularly in Italian organized crime especially in the Sicilian mafia and Italian American mafia after operating within a specific geographic territory or a specific set of activities, in the strictest sense, a family or a clan is a criminal gang operating either on a unit, unitary basis or as an organized collection of smaller gangs. Examples are sales, factions, crews, etc. In turn, a family can be a sole quote, unquote, enterprise or part of a larger syndicate or cartel. Despite the name, most crime families are generally not based on or formed around actual familial connections, although they tend to be ethnically based. Many members may, in fact, be related to one another. So, yes, I was working for crime families headed by women more than men. A crime boss, also known as a crime lord, dong, gang lord, kingpin, queenpin, godfather, godmother, or criminal mastermind is a person in charge of a criminal organization. A crime boss typically has absolute, nearly absolute control over the other members of the organization, is greatly feared for their ruthlessness and willingness to take lives to exert their influence and profits from the criminal endeavors in which the organization engages. Some groups may only have as little as two ranks, a crime boss and their soldiers. Other groups have a more complex structure organization with many ranks and structure may vary with cultural background. Organized crime enterprises are originating in Sicily differ in structure from those in mainline Italy. American groups may be structured differently from their European counterparts in Latino and African American gangs often have structures that vary from European gangs. The size of the criminal organization is also important as regional or national gangs have much more complex hierarchies. I would say some of the women that were crime family heads and crime bosses and some of the women that were Latinos and Mexican drug cartels, some of the black indigenous women of color that were in charge of the street crews in D.C., the drug crews, some of them raped me and forced me to be their concubine. These were women in charge of these criminal operations and those who were employees, in quotation of the criminal operations, 
they did these things too. And I want to make it clear that these things do happen in the world of crime. And I just want to make it also clear that despite all these things that happen to me, I never say, do, think, or feel anything out of trauma. I say, do, think, and feel everything out of actively, successfully healing myself each and every motherfucking day.